Hello and welcome to another Off The Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris in which we discuss everything that's happening in football. But before we get to that, if you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Acast or wherever you're listening to us with weekly podcasts released on Mondays and Fridays. But as I said, I'm joined by Brad and we're finally back after a long international break. Long international break, but dare I say an enjoyable one because it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, we actually had some entertainment to uh, the games that we saw over this international break, obviously, with the final four of the Nations League happening. Who knew? I didn't even know that was happening. That's how much we cared about the international break, but then when we saw it, yeah, it delivered. Yeah, it definitely like didn't three games. I was like, not even, I'm not saying the third place playoff. That will never be mm. talked about in this. It's the most pointless <laughs> game I've ever seen in my life. But, I mean, yeah. the whole tournament's stupid anyway. This time it didn't disappoint. Yeah, because even when you saw France celebrating, they were like, slightly muted with it. It mm. wasn't that rod on the pitch celebration like you would see in a World Cup. It was mild applause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we had the two semi-finals: Italy taking on Spain and Belgium taking on France. And Spain have beaten Italy to end their competitive uh, win streaks. Uh, Italy, which was an incredible thirty-seven games they had won before. They'd lost. I've forgotten it? the exact number, but does it's it mean? Does it mean they didn't do that when it mattered? So <laughs> no, that's our new Spain. Exactly. Yeah, and Italy got the more important trophy anyway. The third prize playoff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so um, Spain win there, and then the other semi-final between Belgium and France was a very entertaining game. Obviously, Belgium taking a two-nil lead heading into half time, and then. Benzema and Mbappe showed up in the second half and uh, Teo Hernandez scoring the winner in the 90th minute after Lukaku had a goal disallowed by VAR. Yeah. I don't know one person who wasn't probably too thrilled of it and that was his older brother. <laughs> Just like, oh, uh, this little prick is doing better than me. Yes. And now he's going to be playing football more than him as well. <laughs> <laughs> And then the final itself actually didn't disappoint. Again, uh, Benzema and Mbappe scoring their two goals for France looked like an absolute deadly duel. Yeah. However, there was question marks over Mbappe's goal, whether it should have been given or not. Yeah, that discussion happened. I've always been the believer that if whether the defender's meant to or not, if he has touched it and it's led to the goal, then it's fine. Yeah. But... I get, I get people's opinion on it when they say, yeah, Bobby should be yeah. offside. Yeah, because like when the ball leaves, uh, I can't think of who plays the ball now. Uh, towards Mbappe, he's offside. Uh, uh, I thought it was Hernandez. Yeah, and then obviously um, Eric Garcia in well makes some contact on it. So obviously, if Garcia doesn't make any contact, Mbappe's offside. Blah blah blah. But like you said, any attempt to play the ball then uh, which Garcia did then uh, the VAR rules state that you have to give the goal and it was given wait but that's the last thing that infuriates because when I saw the goal Mbappe did that step over before he does it he did the same yeah. thing in the year as he failed because <laughs> this time it came through for him I didn't see the point of trying to step over do it if you're going to go around him yeah, don't do he... it in front of him and then shoot <laughs> it makes no sense but uh, overall, it dis- didn't disappoint the games that we had in the Nations League. Uh, 
this year. Again, though, like it's, it's good it's when it's good when it's the actual good teams mm. doing it. No one has too much of an interest in the one Nations League playoff that hasn't finished. I believe it's Moldova and two other teams. They're doing so that's not finished next year. Oh God! I oh, know. It, it, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, but I'm still annoyed with it because Rafa Varane got injured and now he's having to miss a couple of weeks. All for a stupid tournament that means nothing. Mm, brilliant. But uh, if you want to talk about disappointment, let's go to what I ended up watching on Tuesday. Yes, uh, England played. I don't actually know because I didn't pay attention to England you playing didn't this international How are you not seen everywhere even facing? Because I, when it comes to England internationals, I don't pay any attention to it unless it's a tournament. Surely you've gathered this by now. You, well, I would have thought you'd seen at least the like, after parts. In the news, because of yeah the events with hungry fans and just how dismal the performance kind of was from England. There was there was no life to it. I mean, I I think I have seen a bit like saying uh, Kane was again poor for England, um, and there was a lot of poor performances compared to the game on Saturday against Andorra, but. It's one of them where they're practically qualified for the uh, World Cup now. They've got two games left. They've got a three-point lead over Poland in second. And they play, I know, San Marino. And I've forgotten who their final game is against, actually. Albania. Albania, then San Marino. So the likelihood of England dropping points against those two teams is really unlikely. So you can hypothetically say they're at the World Cup anyway next season or next year. Um, well, you can never, you can't count out Albania. They've seems to have done pretty well, and it's quite close in our group in terms of the second place between Albania and Poland. Yeah, two but, points. Yeah, on paper we should. Them. On paper we should have them. Mm. Um, other news from uh, this European qualifying stages at the uh, for the World Cup: Germany and Denmark have became the two first two nations other than obviously host Qatar to qualify for the tournament next year Germany got 21 points out of their 8 games uh, top of their group which I mean if they didn't finish top of their group then there would be question marks because they've got Romania, North Macedonia, Armenia, Iceland and Liechtenstein in their group and obviously the other team being Denmark who've won 8 games out of 8 scored 27 goals and are yet to concede yeah Denmark are incredibly impressive They've carried on what they built at the Euros. Yeah. Which is obviously pretty amazing to see. And dare I say worrying. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so this is the last set of internationals uh, that we've just finished for a month. Uh, when these final two game days uh, for the last positions to be sorted and the playoffs then to be sorted. And then I think the playoff draw will be done... Uh, December just before the actual draw itself is done and then I think the playoff games will happen March time like that March international break yeah I, I don't know I'm honest I don't care England aren't going to be a part of it well yeah it's just for Scotland if, if anything because they seem to but it seems that they're going to get that playoff yeah I mean if they carry on with the way they're going just having a look at the teams that are currently in playoff positions you've got Portugal Spain 
Switzerland, Ukraine, Czech Republic, Scotland, Norway, Croatia, Poland in our group and Romania. So. The very tasty set of fixtures that could come in the playoffs mm. if that happens and you fear for Scotland, given who's in there. Yeah. I mean, looking at the rest of Germany's group, like the three teams can still finish second. Like there's yeah, Romania there's... on 13 points, North Macedonia on 12 and Armenia on 12 as well. Yeah, there's still a lot to fight for for those mm. other teams. Yes, but uh, we won't talk about the international break anymore until we come back to it in a month's time because nobody likes international football that much, let's be honest. Eh, I might know someone. Who? You don't know them. <laughs> That's what I to say. They're all fucking weirdo if they like the international break that much, unless it's a major tournament. Right, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we have to cover the the big news obviously that has happened over the international break yes and that is of course the Newcastle United takeover has finally happened after 14 years Mike Ashley is finally out of St James's Park and the Saudi Arabian PIP investment fund group and Amanda Staveley has finally is it PIP? is it PIP? PIF? You just called it. I thought PIP was the West Ham one I don't remember what they're fucking called. The PI something, PCC, PIF, PIF, Public Investment Fund. I don't know. It's P something. Yeah. PIP was the PIP was the one with the Ferdinand brothers. I don't just, it's too many letters. The Saudi Arabian. What you Rio Ferdinand has said all that stuff about Newcastle, and now suddenly he's gone. Oh, fuck it, I'll buy him myself. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a investment group led by very wealthy Saudi Arabian people, basically. Hey, no, no, listen, no, no, because if you obviously believe it there is no Saudi Arabian state involvement I mean they've got it in writing <laughs> I can have a lot of things in writing doesn't mean it's actually true yeah but hey it's, you, I know your opinion on this because you're the Man United fan you don't want another club coming to the table <laughs> as it is no I'm for me I'm, a, I'm happy to see Newcastle potentially being back up amongst the top seven or eight teams in the league I mean growing up in the early noughties you're used to seeing Newcastle amongst their fighting for um, Europa League or UEFA Cup then and Intertoto Cup places uh, obviously the older generations will know them obviously that season where it was the Keegan-Ferguson battle and you're like I'll love it if we beat them like Newcastle fans have waited a long time for this. So. Oh, God, if you're going to do it, do the voice at least. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do the voice. I'll leave you to do the impressions. Um, but yeah, it, it, the thing is, it's a good thing for Newcastle because Mike, ja uh, Mike James, Mike Ashley, didn't really invest. <laughs> Mike James? <laughs> Mike James from? I don't know. I've got, I got the. I was going to say the stadium name and then I say his name. Uh, over the last, if he had it his own way, we would have named the stadium after. Well, yeah, um, he never really invested too much into the club in terms of allowing managers to have the free will to spend a lot of money. I mean, it was what from two thousand and one to about twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, where Michael Owen was their biggest signing when he signed for them. Yeah, so, and then they brought in Joe Linton. Yeah, which. That's gone well. Yeah, like you said, hasn't gone well. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, they're not going to spend the three hundred billion uh, straight away when the January transfer window comes around. There's reports that they will have 
190 million to spend in this new transfer window due to it being able to file in their financial fair play. Um, but they're not going to be. I was going to say, because we've. I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff about financial fair play supposedly being like softened yeah. at the moment. Because pandemic reasons, that's why Villa have still been allowed to spend yeah, off the crossbar. It's becoming off the crossbar binger, me mentioning Villa in these situations. Yes. <laughs> but Villa is the most relevant clause with this because you know, this feels like deja vu because Steve Bruce, yet again, appears to be surviving new ownership. Mm. I mean, there's been a lot of talk literally since last Friday when the takeover was confirmed whether or not he would be uh, still the manager or not of the club and as of today time recording Thursday at ten past two uh, he is still the manager and uh, it looks more and more likely that he'll be the manager when it comes to this weekend's game against Tottenham Hotspur but um, it's one of them where a lot of reporters are saying it's a matter of when rather than if he gets the sack uh, from the club. Pretty much. Yeah, I've just seen a thing come up on my TV saying that Bruce will face the media tomorrow, so that would imply that he's not going to be sacked before Sunday. Mm. And I'm in the mind that the, I don't see how they haven't sacked him, or just at least been nice and said look, we want to go with our own man. We'd like you to step aside, please. But doesn't appear to be the case. Do you know what he's done? He's given Amanda Staveley the Brucey charm. <laughs> in the in the meetings. She's, he, he's just said, he's spoken to her in his soft voice. Well, you know, like, just... He's also, because it's going to be his 1,000th game as well at the weekend, if he's in charge. Yeah. Uh, how sad it would have been if it ended on 999. Oh, it really would have been incredibly sad. But um, from what I've seen is they are still in the process of just deciding which manager it is. They want to get the right manager. I mean, you've seen the big names linked with them, the likes of uh, Ralph Rangick, Antonio Conte. Uh, put, put Conte out of the discussion now. We're not even joking about this. Yeah, it's... For me, though, yes, they're the top managers, and yes, Newcastle now have the money, but why would you want to go to a team that are currently 19th in the league, and with that current group of players, the likes of Conte have never managed in that position before. They don't know the ins and outs of it, so it, for me, it makes no sense as to why a top manager like that would go to a Newcastle job. Well, yeah, obviously, because... There's no way in how they are going to accept that. The manager, if they were, if they do go for a new manager, they will want assurances that they're going to be backed, mm. that they're going to be allowed to bring in the players they want to bring in, mm-hmm. and that they're going to get time to do it. Oh, 100%. I, a lot of Newcastle fans are in dreamland and think, oh, right, we now have a, we're the richest club in the Premier League and possibly the world we can get all these big plays in but realistically let's be honest come january which is only two and a bit months away um they're not going to sign all these top players straight away yeah they're still going to be if, a if mediocre been, club this season yeah i think if i just 
add because I don't think they are going to overboard with it. I think the mm. majority of them are being quite realistic. They they just want a team that competes. They're not yeah. begging for league titles at this moment in time. They know they're so far away from that because they're not going to do a Man City. No, like, because Man City if you think in two thousand eight didn't have FFP to deal with, which meant yeah. they could just go a bit crazy with it. They won the league four years after the, they were bought. Or five and years. Also four or five years. Five years, I believe. Yeah. And the thing they, is, they're not in the same position because Man City, at the time when they got took over, the mid two thousands, they were a mid Premier League team, and it's not like it was too drastic of a change. Yes, the money, income, and the signings they were able to make was a big change for them. But how they were playing and where they were in the league table isn't that much of a surprise. Where this income for Newcastle, because they've been struggling team for the last seven, ten years if not longer it's like the success isn't going to be as immediate and the attraction to the club isn't as big as what people think it is because of the money like you said there is a lot of realism from Newcastle fans realising that they aren't going to win the Premier League straight away and all this that and the other but there is still that like to the some fans you need to like cotton on actually you're not going to be able to get the big name players straight away Look at realistic targets. Spend like 30, 40 million on a decent English player that's up and coming. See, I don't even think it's going to be it. as simple as that. Because I feel that clubs will know that they've got bags and bags of money there. So the prices of players are going to go up when they hear Newcastle are interested. Oh, yeah, it's the age old effect with Man United players realistically like when United are interested in signing players their fee gets added on just because it's Man United yes the United haven't been successful in winning the Premier League for nearly 10 years now but it's still Manchester United and they're still one of the biggest teams in English football if not world football the attraction is still there to the name yeah and a lot of that comes down to revenue as well which Newcastle don't currently have enough of mm well, it's going to be an interesting time to see what does happen over the next few months and obviously the more immediate future with uh, Steve Bruce at the helm. If there's one last thing to add as well, look, because we're not going to just gloss over the moral concerns of the ownership. Mm. Oh, because you can't label that, uh, you know, it's not Newcastle fans' fault. Yeah. They were desperate to see Mike Ashley go, even if it meant someone ethically and morally worse was coming in yeah like, that's but, how yeah. hated of a man Mike Ashley is that they would happily allow someone who's ethically and like you said morally wrong compared to him uh, take over the club but I think the reason why the Premier League allowed it to happen is because the money talks and they know mm. right if this money comes in now from Saudi Arabia they're going to be able to get a bigger TV licence from them so that's all the Premier League cares about is the money side of it rather than the ethics and morality of things yeah and if we're going to talk moral and ethics of Newcastle's new owners why not discuss Roman Abramovich Sheikh Mansour all the others like the league's full of them yeah exactly so it's not new news <laughs> oh no it never is it's just how the billionaires and that make their money Yes, it's ethically wrong and everyday life you wouldn't want to interact with a person that does all this type of stuff. But when it comes to big money stuff, 
people turn a blind eye to it because if they're getting the money into the system or the company that they own then you're not going to care how they're getting the money are you it's a different conversation entirely you're talking business with me now <laughs> i don't like doing yes. that but what we will do and what we are good at talking is premier league action and the premier league returns this saturday with a but very are we able are we allowed to judge whether we're good at that or not <laughs> what talking premier league football yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's I not think, <laughs> I think we're decent at it. I mean, we can always hold a conversation, but I'm no Danny Murphy. But oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday lunchtime sees an interesting fixture. It's the first time we get to see Claudio Ranieri's Watford at the helm. At... I can't say how much fun I've had listening to that man this week in all the press conferences and interviews. <laughs> yeah, it has he been, couldn't be uh, more happier to be there, even if it's only going to be for one month. Oh yeah, we all know. He, he, like he's, I said to you, um, when the appointment was made, the fixtures they've got is rock solid for the next like month or two. So I'll make the prediction. Does he see the season? It no. I think he's gone by February March time. Mm. It's difficult for me to predict. I don't really know, to be honest. You know what Watford are like, though, with changing their managers. Yeah, look, I can absolutely see it being February. I just mm. don't want to commit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liverpool, team news-wise, um, I think the main thing they're worried about is whether Alisson is going to be back, because obviously a lot of I've South heard, American... I've heard stuff the Brazilians won't be. Yeah, because a lot of South American players uh, are coming back like the early hours of this uh, tomorrow morning if not Saturday morning so they won't be able to like get play because I'm sure Brazil haven't played their second game yet I think they might yeah, be playing tonight I think I'd already said something because obviously Ducks Louise as well I don't think Brazilians will be featuring oh no they won't be because they're playing um, half one in the morning do you know what Ducks Louise wasn't even originally called up What's he No, he Casemiro, I think, got injured, so he ended up getting the call up. He was dropped for this one just for this reason, and then they ended up having to call him up. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, they won't be playing because that game starts at half one in the morning against Uruguay, so none of these Brazilians, South Americans, will be played unless they've been given exemption to fly back, which I haven't heard any news of. I would gather the same. I'd gather the same with Argentina as well. Yeah, because they're playing an hour earlier against Peru. Uh, but yeah, all the South American players will be missing. So it's not a foregoing conclusion that uh, Liverpool will win this game then, obviously, with uh, their backup keeper in goal. Um, New manager bounce as well. You just never know. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, state of affairs. And then if we look at some of the three o'clockers, we've got two very interesting games that pique my attention mainly um, the first being the Midlands derby of sorts because it, it it's is, not a it derby is. but <laughs> it's not like your biggest derby but it's a Midlands derby as uh, Villa take on Wolverhampton Wanderers it depends on which side cares more <laughs> yeah I mean and that's uh, definitely Wolves because I couldn't give a shit about them hmm. I mean after a bit of a rocky start to the season they've recovered in recent weeks before this international break whilst Villa have been a bit hit and miss realistically I mean looking at their last four games won two and lost two so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, 
Villa go on this weekend, I think it's going to be a really good game to keep an eye out on. I just want Leon Bailey to play. Is he going to be fit? See, the, no. We haven't had the update yet, but the word before in the whole break was that he should be in contention. That's all we've heard on it. Mm. But we'll be without Martinez, it seems. So, stay a masterclass required. I was going to say, who's your backup keeper? But it is Jed Steer. And then, yeah, have your youngster I on the bench. Still think, I still think we've got enough to be Wolves. Yeah. I just, the only thing that concerns me is if we play the 3 5 2 and it ends up not working because it's sort of matching Wolves a little bit. Mm, definitely is. Uh, the other 3 o'clock game that's piqued my attention are obvious reasons Leicester City versus Man United. United, but, but, obviously. I hadn't said that. He's two fixtures at three o'clock that don't belong at three o'clock. Yeah, well, I don't remember the last time this game, United-Leicester, as that three, because I feel like that's always been on TV the last few years. It, it feels like one that should be on telly. Yeah, it, it, it makes the, no sense. Back, if we have the Villa Wolves on, it's kind of a derby. Mm. It's a madness. I'd say it's the biggest fixture of the weekend. In terms of well, like it being a rivalry, steady on. <laughs> well, it's the only derby we've got this weekend, unless you kiss Brentford and Chelsea, but they're not really. It's not rivals. a ferocious derby. Not Sevilla yeah. fans, at least. <laughs> oh no, it isn't. But that will always be against Birmingham City. But yeah, it's strange that them two games are. No, no, those two are playing on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, Man United obviously will be out. Uh, Rafa Varane Maguire is still not expected to be fit for this one though they are obviously welcome back Marcus Rashford though I don't expect him to be involved from the start and then uh, Fred and Cabal missing I wanted to say you're missing your best duo no McTominay and Fred partnership (laughs) maybe we actually get to see Donny van der Beek this week it's weird because I don't know what you will do is it literally going to be as simple as Eric Bailly and Victor Lindelof in defence Yes. You don't think he'll try McTominay in there? No. Too risky of a game against Leicester. I think he'll be in midfield, uh, but I don't expect to see uh, McTominay used in defence. I mean, if yeah, we just definitely, have a... You definitely shouldn't be expecting Van der Beek to start. It's definitely going to be Matic and McTominay, isn't it? Oh, shit, yeah. I've just remembered we've got Nemanja Matic still. It's weird because you could just very easily do Pogba, McTominay, Bruno Fernandes and midfield for it. Yeah, and then have Greenwood, uh, Ronaldo Sancho. and Sancho as your forward three. But, it's, but that would be too easy. Yeah, but you never know with United. Um, elsewhere, the rest of the fixtures on Saturday, we have Man City, Burnley at three, Norwich, Brighton and Southampton leads at 3 o'clock and then the evening kickoff sees Brentford take on Chelsea which should be an absolute cracker of a game this will be pretty unbelievable I, I think we found out now with Brentford you can't try and match them yeah Chelsea aren't going to do that they'll play their way oh yeah 100% so it'll be interesting how much Brentford go on to them I mean Chelsea can attack I wouldn't yeah, be surprised think... if this was as Filled with goals, the Liverpool one. I was just about to say the same thing. I think this could only have the same amount of goals, if not a bit more, than the game against Liverpool the other week at the end of September. Um, 
One player, though, that we'll be hoping to get on the score sheet would be Romelu Lukaku, as he's gone on a bit of a dry spell now in the league. Yeah, it's almost coming completely coincidental with one of Chelsea's poorest runs mm. under Thomas Tuchel. So they kind of need a win, and he needs a goal as well. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we have a look at Sunday's fixtures. West Ham versus Everton is the 2 o'clock kickoff from Goodison Park. Okay, the David Moyes derby. Two teams that have done relatively well this season. You always find a reason just to give a name to these games. <laughs> I mean, it is technically still... And you know what, Sky, like, they'll come up with some bollocks or someone in the media will Listen, play. they'll be busy enough at half four on the Sunday. They won't be focused on anything else. True. You're definitely right there. Um... Two teams playing really well this season. Everton up in fifth on 14 points. West Ham in ninth on 11. Um, Mikel Antonio had a great start to the season for West Ham. And you'd say Andros Townsend and Damari Gray have probably been Everton's standout players so far. This is a nice battle between the two teams. They're probably going to try and make themselves heard in a battle for sixth again, just mm. like they were last year, really. So yeah. a lot of intrigue again with this fixture. Yeah, uh, the final fixture on Sunday sees Newcastle take on Tottenham half four, which we all know what their Sky coverage is going to be about. Yeah, Tottenham are about to find out what every team finds out when they play on Monday. You don't get talked about at the start until about five minutes before kickoff. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that would give Harry Kane all the confidence he needs to actually score this season in the Premier League. Don't trust it. Watching him again for England, it was, it's concerning now at this point. Well, he himself doesn't seem to be too concerned as he says he's scored nine goals already this season. Is he doing the, the Pele routine and carrying training goals now as well? Well, I mean, he was a hat trick he scored in the Europa Conference League. I mean, I'll start judging him when he's he not scored. playing fifth place Slovenian teams. Well, yeah. Exactly. Um, to round off this weekend in the Premier League, Monday night sees uh, September's manager of the month, Mikel Arteta, and his Arsenal side host uh, Patrick Vieira's uh, Crystal Palace in the Patrick. Can I call this one the Patrick Vieira derby? Well, not really, because he's the man. It, uh, you call it the Ian Wright it's derby. That's what you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first time Patrick Wright will be. Patrick Wright? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Vieira will be taking on an Arsenal side as a manager um, last time out for Palace they looked really uh, good against uh, Leicester in the 2-2 draw whilst Arsenal uh, like we said they started off the season slowly but have came good relatively quickly apart from their last game against Brighton which was an absolute boring 0-0 draw no, and they're now doomed again because manager of the month Go in a bad room. He's doomed. It's literally just written in the stars, isn't it? The, the crisis is back on. Honestly, right now, this, Still is, this has worked out so perfectly for all or nothing. The terrible start, the slight rise for episode two, and now the downfall's coming again. 
<laughs> and it also means my crazy prediction from uh, the start of the season could actually be back it's on that. Still on. Manager one for But yeah, we got some very good games to look forward to this weekend in the Premier League. Mm. Now, yeah, there's one last thing I can actually add with Arsenal. Have you seen the trailer for the Arsene Wenger documentary? No, I saw like a video of it came up, but I haven't got around to watching it yet. Actually, looks a particularly good one. It's the same people behind the Bobby Robson one mm-hmm. that I believe is still on Netflix to watch now. It's very good. Yes. Um, on to the European action, and well, I head over to France because there has been some interesting news this week, which I'll let you delve into for us. Well, there's not that much to cover. It's from next season, League One. Liege one. I always yeah, have to get French for it. Yes. Uh, yeah, Liege one from next season is going to be eighteen teams instead of twenty teams, so that they'll be relegating four teams next season just to make weight, and only promoting two teams from the second division. Which I still find it weird that leagues are doing this like in this modern era of football like I could understand when the Premier League got rebranded in the 90s because it became its own separate identity uh, but the fact that Liege 1 is doing it like the 2010s it seems or 2020s even not 2010s anymore it's really strange because I mean let's be honest apart from Lille winning the trophy last season it's been a PSG heavily dominated league and by getting rid of two teams you're just making it easier for this PSG side to win the league yeah but I don't think that matters even if there's 20 teams or not PSG are the overly dominant force and sometimes there will be another team that rises and gives them a challenge but PSG are stabilised now as a superpower yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see whether as soon or later they do end up going down the Bundesliga route where obviously you get the two teams get relegated and then uh, the champions of the second division get automatically promoted and then second place and seven, so second place in the Bundesliga 2 and 17th place in the Bundesliga have like a playoff game and then the yeah, winner of it, that stays, that's just, either stays in the division or gets promoted that's just their substitute way of doing playoffs in the second league yeah but it's going to be very strange to see mm. that happen and rumours of Syria having meetings and the same thing as well why fix something if it isn't broken is the old saying I mean it works fine at the minute three teams come up three teams go down in both divisions currently why do you need to change it for money well yeah money to Money rules everything in football. Um, right, let's have a look at the fixtures this weekend across Europe. Uh, PSG are playing on Friday evening against Angers. Um, no news as to whether Sergio Ramos is fully fit yet to be involved. I could have swore I read something that it would be close, but I don't know. Mm. Uh, another big game we got on Saturday sees Lyon take on Monaco, uh, which will be a very interesting game. And then uh, Nantes in uh, ninth place, they take on Bordeaux, who have had a rather poor start to the season in uh, Liege 1. Over in the Bundesliga this weekend, 
big game Sunday afternoon Bayer Leverkusen versus Bayern Munich first versus second it's going to be a good game between the two absolute class strikers at the minute it's Florian Wirtz and Robert Lewandowski yeah one person who just flirts with TikTok every now and again and you think that would be the 17 year old but no it's the 30 year old bloke <laughs> oh, what a poor life um, elsewhere <laughs> in the Bundesliga the best shot in the world you're talking about and you just said oh terrible life he's got you'd yeah. switch him uh, elsewhere second, in if it meant you have to do TikToks daily <laughs> oh yeah oh, of course I would uh, elsewhere in the Bundesliga Borussia Dortmund host Mainz on Saturday and RB Leipzig travel to Freiburg as well over in uh, Spain this weekend, the Barcelona are playing Valencia at eight o'clock on Sunday evening, and I've just seen—I don't know why—both Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid have had their games cancelled this weekend. Yeah. I haven't seen anything on that one, so I'm unsure. No, I'm uh, not too sure as to why their games this weekend have been postponed. Um, I have seen a bit of news though that. Uh, is good for Barcelona fans. Well, two bits of good news. Uh, one being that they are allowed to have a hundred percent fan attendances uh, this from Friday onwards. So this weekend's game, they'll be able to have a full camp new, which yeah, but isn't going to happen. Look, let's be honest; they've already been playing at hundred percent full attendance. Yes. Mm. Conveniently, this comes in when El Clasico is coming up. Yeah, you're reading too much into it. Or like just... Well, the club the club needs money, so no, you're not reading too deep into it. And um, the other bit of good news, obviously, we know where they're going to get the money that... from. Well, yeah, Pedri's uh, release clause. Um, it was announced uh, on Thursday afternoon that highly talented star Pedri has signed a new contract with the club until 2026 and has a release clause of one billion euros. Yes. 1 billion euros so realistically there's only one club that can sign him can't wait to see him with that John Joe we <laughs> what a midfield that would be Pedri and John Joe Shelby oh he's a Caden in the Calvin Phillips role <laughs> <laughs> that's what dreams are made of um, this I've is what seen... they asked for <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've just seen the reason behind Real Madrid and uh, Atletico Madrid's game being uh, postponed and that's due to the extended Comedy Bowl international break uh, being ex- until uh, midnight Thursday which affects among other things the sighted clubs who must play their Champions League fixtures on Tuesday Comedy Bowl's so, South America right? Yeah So why do they get to cancelled games? We're missing the best goalkeeper in the world. Cancel the Wolves game. Cancel the Wolves game right now. Mm, very interesting. Um, you know, it runs a bang for you now. They don't get to see McTominay, I'm afraid. I'm happy without seeing uh, Fred in that midfield. And finally, is that all the leagues we've done? Did we, talk? we didn't talk about the Italian league, actually. I've just realised the Italian league games... Uh, Saturday we've got Lazio versus Inter Milan at 5 o'clock UK time so that's going to be a very good game and then Sunday evening Juventus versus AS Roma oh what a game that should be yeah that'll be nice just Roma are doing decent Jose is doing the business 
Although he wouldn't mm-hmm. have liked to have seen Tammy Abraham limp off on Tuesday. No. Um, I don't know whether he's going to be fit for this game. I think he it's been ruled out as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Typically, he was giving it at the start, saying, oh, Abraham, he's knocking on the door. He should be called up. The second he gets called up, look what happens. Yes. Right. Let's head to the most anticipated part of the show. Oh, we're doing it then. Predictions League. Last time, yeah, last time we forgot to do it. Yes. Um, last time out, you... Uh, we just didn't even go over the results. Yeah, uh, you're now ahead of me by two points, including the extra fantasy point as we look to this weekend's fixtures. So the games I have gone for, starting off in the Premier League, Norwich versus Brighton. Oh, that's cruel. It'd be so typical for me to go with Brighton and then Norwich win. Mm. But no, I will go Brighton. They're going to win 2-0. I've also gone for a Brighton win and I've gone for 2-1. Next game up is... I'm going to say it again. The David Moyes derby. Everton versus West Ham United. Where's this again? Uh, Goodison Park. I'm back a one-all draw. I've also gone for a draw, but I've gone with a Desmond. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, I didn't want to commit. I was afraid to commit to a higher score. <laughs> uh, game three in the Premier League is Brentford versus Chelsea. I knew you'd do this one. Thank you. Why did you put Newcastle Tottenham in there, to be honest? Because that could go either way. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but I thought, now nah, let's go Brentford Chelsea. Brentford Chelsea, Brentford Chelsea. Do you know what? I don't. Well, you didn't give me a chance. <laughs> Who won? Brentford. Wow. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 3 2 to Chelsea. Uh, if Brentford get battered now, European... I'm going to feel stupid. <laughs> yeah. Our first European game is uh, one of the games we have just talked about, and it comes from the Bundesliga as Bayer Leverkusen play Bayern Munich. I'm not going to stress this. Bayern Munich are going to win 3-1. I've also gone with a Bayern win, but I've gone for 2-1 there. Uh, the second game from Luge 1, Leon versus Monaco. 1-0. Okay, I've gone 2-0 to Leon. And finally, in Serie A, as Inter Milan take on Lazio. Two Okay. I've gone with two one to Inter Milan. Our final six games. Uh have you made any changes to your fantasy team this weekend? I haven't even looked at it in two weeks. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Already, oh, this is the first time I've loaded it up, I have no idea what I'm gonna do. So I can't say anything until it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> um I have made I think I've just made some substitutions to my team, uh and uh, um, I guess the, I guess the big thing is, do I trust Ben Foster to be the goalkeeper? 
that's the thing. That's my thing. I'm just thinking: Do I keep Foster in? Because I mean, I've got I a don't lot. Don't think of, that's going to happen, unfortunately. I've got a lot of. Well, I've got four players that I've got question marks. Obviously, we're talking about uh, Emiliano Martinez, obviously not being back, and then there's also concerns over Vladimir Sufal groin injury. Though it says here, there's a seventy-five percent chance of him playing. Uh, Lukaku muscle injury, seventy-five percent chance of playing, and then uh, Christoph Oyer again hamstring injury, seventy-five percent chance of playing. So let's hope that they're all okay. Uh, but yeah, I think Ben Foster would probably be my only change to my team. Yeah, think about it. That's probably who I will transfer out. I don't know who for at the moment, but I'll work on it. <laughs> yes. Right, uh, any more for any more before we leave? No, I think that's pretty much everything, although, you know, just hoping for a nice weekend, that's all. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll be back in our usual spot on Monday as we react to all the stuff happening in the Premier League. And... You're not even going to acknowledge me with what I'm celebrating this weekend. I'll leave it to a surprise. <laughs> what is that point? You'll be finished on Monday. But we've got 48 hours pre-emptied from it yet, so it's pointless talking about it. Prick, I'm going to be an old man on Saturday. <laughs> going to be, you already are one. Do you realise 25 was the threshold? Like, that's it now. I'm an adult. 24 is your last one. If you say so. If we're speaking in football terms, 25 is where you should be starting to reach your prime. Either that or I am a Jamie Vardy and I'm a late bloomer. Well... Let's hope for your sake you're the late bloomer. Anyway, um, we'll be back on Monday, usual spot, as we round up all the weekend's action and talking points. And until then, make sure Brad has a happy birthday and... Yeah, don't. I'll block you all. (laughs) Until then, it's goodbye from Brad. Yep, see you. And goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.